This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat family at the BatmanUniverse.net, including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at thebatmanuniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. Hello and welcome to the Batman Universe Comic Podcast, Season 14, Episode 16. I'm your host, Ian, and I have with me... This is Jeff. And this is Theo. And it should be a quick episode today. We don't have a ton of... Well, we don't have any news, just one review, and then Greater Gotham. But because our last episode was brutal and punishing, we actually have a lot less uh, to cover this time in Greater Gotham. So, here we go, Detective Comics, number 1063. Take it away, Theo. Detective Comics, number 1063, story one, Gotham Nocturne Overture, part two, written by Ron V. with art by Raphael Albuquerque. At Club Barracks, Harvey Dent sits alone, listening to a performance. He's eventually joined by Bruce Wayne, who's seeking his help. Harvey tells Bruce that he's no longer in that life. Two-Face is no more. Bruce tells Harvey about the changes he's been seeing in the city and how his normal techniques haven't worked. Harvey confirms to Bruce that the city is changing, but he also questions whether his old friend can keep up. At one point in time, he used to own Gotham. Off the shores of Gotham, the royal sunskipper carries Arzen and his entourage closer to the city. Shabbat tells her young master about his family's history in Gotham. She reveals that once in the city, his ancestor changed his name from Orgum to Arkham. The name would follow the family within Gotham to this day. With the destruction of the asylum that bore his family's new name, it was time to reclaim what was theirs, lest they would look weak to others. This infuriates the young prince, and he begins to transform into a monstrous figure. He's calmed, however, by Neon, who's playing music from a music box similar to the one seen in Detective Comics 1062. Batman pays a visit to the, to the low-security wing of Blackgate Prison. He's there to speak with Payne Cardine, a.k.a. the Maestro. Batman shows Payne the music box retrieved from the smugglers. The Maestro opens it, allowing the music to play. He reveals to Batman that there are hidden tones in the harmonics, well below the typical frequencies. It's called black noise, and it's rumored to have the ability to change people. The maestro returns the box to Batman and returns to playing his piano. Batman leaves Blackgate with words from Cardine lingering in his head. Eventually, he becomes ill and falls to the ground. Barbados has returned. Back at the club, Harvey is leaving for the evening. As he heads up an alley, he bumps into someone. It's Gale. Gale is surprised to hear Harvey Dent apologize to anyone. He slaps him to the ground. He was hoping to meet the old Harvey Dent. Not the husk of the man that Dent used to be. Gale takes out a vial, breaks it, and blows the misty power into Harvey's face, sending him back to the ground in pain. 
Gail will know what Harvey knows. He will do what the asthma demands, or he will die. As Harvey lies on the ground succumbing to the, the effects of the asthma, he hears a voice. You need me, Harvey. That thing they put in you is tethered to you only, and not to me. Give me control again. So, how do you feel about how Ram V is using Two-Face in this story? Um, I mean, I'm fine with it. They had kind of been setting him up to be kind of reformed um, in one of the last tech storylines with Two-Face a long time ago. Um, and... I guess he's boring that way, so we gotta make him evil, but I guess this time uh, Two-Face is actually helping Harvey, but whatever. Um, It's interesting, in a way, I guess. I really wish we had editor's notes telling us what Reformation story this is, because, or where it happened, or if it really happened, I don't know. I just feel like an editor note would be helpful, because I'm not quite sure why he's reformed, and some clarification would be nice. Yeah, I, th- I definitely think it would have been helpful because, again, it wasn't until we were talking pre-recording that I even knew Harvey was re-reformed again and walking around in the pages of, to quote a famous person, Task Force Z. <laughs> and by famous uh, person, he means stuff. <laughs> I can't so, help it. It just comes out Zed. <laughs> So, you know, so it, 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 you know, because that was one of the things that had me wondering. I do remember, you know, going all the way back to Tomasi's run where you weren't really sure what Harvey was doing. You know, he was trying to reform, especially uh, when it came down to uh, trying to see, you know, where all of this took place, especially considering he's walking around with a Phantom of the Opera mask. <laughs> yeah, like that's that came out of nowhere. Like none of the Reformation stories I've read have anything to do with that. So yeah, yeah, it's just it, 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 it a whole lot is missing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I feel like either an editor's note sort of trying to imply that what Tomasi was doing led to this, or, and I understand that this is supposed to be a big flashy uh, first arc for Ram V, and he wants to really get into the meat of the story and setting something like two faces reformation up in the pages might be a little less flashy, but I, if only there was a place for small side stories to be told that have something to do with the main story, but don't take up page count. And maybe they could replace a really (laughs) bad side story. That's currently being told in this book. Uh, yeah, if only that. But you know, here we are. There's just no way to do there's, that. There's clearly no <laughs> way we could do it. But I, I think that we all can agree that Off Panel Land continues to suck. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of, I feel like this thing where Harvey reforms, and then he goes bad again, or he he starts to walk that line again. Um. I don't know. It feels done. It, it, I feel like I've seen it a lot. Um, I kind of prefer it when he's he's just Harvey and I mean, he's just Two-Face and Harvey is pulling at him. Like, I find that more interesting than he's Harvey and Two-Face is pulling at him because like, I don't know. It feels more hopeful if he's evil but has good impulses. I guess that, I don't know. 
Maybe I'm I'm messed up, but that that is how I feel. I like it when Bruce and Harvey are friends. That makes me happy. Not uh, that there was like much buddy buddy happening here. It was yeah, again, a weird off drink. Panel <laughs> yeah, off panel line. I'll get it out in the open. I know that uh, Theo has some thoughts about this. Do we think that Barbados is real, or or what do we think is going on with that? Oh gosh. The, oh, okay, so hold on, just to back up a little bit. <laughs> Like, so one of the things we kind of mentioned is, is, is Batman a side character in this story? Which I hope, I mean, that might be a question you ask later. But, and I was thinking about that and, and reading through this issue in particular, and maybe even the first one, the good guys aren't moving the story forward. Like, this is, like, Batman, I almost called him Superman. Batman is kind of just... I mean, he's curious about the box, and he's reacting. He's he's all only reacting, and all the bad guys are doing things to move the story. And and so, yeah, I don't know. It, the bad guys seem to know nothing about Barbados, and it just seems like that would be so much to be going on at the same time. But I don't know. To answer your question, I don't know. This whole story was very confusing. This is very heavy noir. This is definitely some people's type of story it is not my type of story it's not bad at all it's just it's something (laughs) it's very moody that's the word i'm looking for it's the heavy it's mood heavy it's not story heavy it's not plot heavy it's not what is real and does that matter (laughs) heavy it's very mood i don't know so to answer your question, I have no idea, and I don't know if I care, and I don't know if it matters, <laughs> which is so weird. Well, what do you mean by not mattering? Well, because, I mean, it literally has nothing, it's just, it's something else for him to react to, and if it's in his head, then it's the music box thing that's m- messing him up, and if he's real... What's he doing? <laughs> I don't know. It's just so weird. Yeah. I have no. I have no comprehend. Uh, no. No. I have no mental capacity to answer your question. <laughs> what do you I think, Theo? Barbados. Is Barbados real? I uh, if if Barbados is real in this story, I will scream, and it. I will. It will greatly affect my final grade for this arc. Hate Barbados. I hate it. Uh, tell us more about that. Why? Why do you hate Barbados? Just, just the, the whole concept of it. That you know, the idea that he's the reason for Batman to be in. Blah 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 blah. You know, I hated the way. I hated the way Snyder used them. I hated the way Morrison used them. It's just for some type of myth, mystical, mythical character to be about to be behind everything that batman is you know it's just stupid kind concept i actually a hundred percent agree with you um i a lot of people don't like what um j michael strixinski wrote for spider-man in the early 2000s with the spider totem and the idea that there's like a spider hero that this totemic forces pick and that means that Peter Parker wasn't random. He was just, he wasn't the everyman. He was the chosen one. Um, I never really had a huge problem with what JMS was doing with Spider-Man. 
I do have a huge problem with this idea that like Batman is chosen by a demon to be Batman. Like that just seems full of all the wrong connotations. Like the idea to me is Batman is the response to senseless tragedy. And if there's a demon behind it, it's not senseless. It's like a supernatural plan that you have to fight. And also fighting demons is dumb because you can't punch them. And if you can punch them, they're not really very good demons. So I, unlike the Batman of Zurinar, I am less interested in this Morrison callback. <laughs> Agreed. And I think it's interesting that Steph mentions that, that Batman is being very passive because I completely agree. Batman doesn't seem to to really have goals or aims or, or a relationship that he's pursuing other than Harvey. And again, Harvey's stuff is so emotionally muted. You don't really get uh, hooked into it. Zdarsky has Batman reacting. Like everything he's done so far is reacting, but he's got dynamic relationships. Like the, his relationship with Tim and the rest of the Bat family, you, you have a lot of emotional, it, it, the emotions are front and center. So they're not muted. And so you get engaged in that. I don't think that it's bad to have Batman reacting to crime because I think that he ultimately he does have to re to react to crime. Otherwise, he's being, you know, a little too dictatorial. But I think you have to give him something he's doing, some some relationship or desire that he's pursuing uh, more than just, you know, the mission. Otherwise, he does feel too passive. And I think that's why I don't agree with the assessment of Tamaki or Tynan, because he does have those relationships. He does have those desires that come to the forefront in their runs. Whereas Ramvi, we don't really know what Ramvi's Bruce wants yet. And I'm hoping that we come to know that because there's a lot of good emotion that's going on. I just think it should be attached more securely to Bruce than sort of floating around in the mood. What stuck out to me, and, and maybe I'm looking too deep, two issues in, but it seems like, and, and of course it isn't the first time that we've seen stories this way. It, 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 it just seems like Ram V is, is, you know, having Bruce question himself. And we, you know, we not only see it in Bruce's actions, but we also see it in what those who are speaking to him is saying. You know, so in last issue, it was Talia. Now it's Harvey, and they're basically saying the same thing. You know, things have changed, and you haven't, and your stuff isn't going to work anymore. And, and we've seen it many a times where people have questioned whether or not Batman's techniques is still viable for today's Gotham. And, you know, we now see it here where it's really getting at them because, you know, folks would rather die and are dying rather than to give in to Bruce's brutality with, you know, getting what he needs to do what he needs to do. That's that's what I'm at least that's what I'm seeing so far. Now, how far is round V? willing to take it i don't know again it's it's i'm not advocating we get a batman who kills because i don't want people to add me that much <laughs> but it just wonder you know we now have two of batman 
oldest foes slash friends slash lovers, whatever, that are telling him your ways aren't going to work anymore. And, you know, he's he himself is now questioning whether or not that's the case. Well, something that Ramvi said in an interview, I can't remember if I mentioned on last podcast, is that this Orgum, these um, Indian princes, are deliberately supposed to be contrast to Bruce, like potentially another answer to the question of Gotham. And so the fact that we're seeing so much questioning of Bruce um, obviously plays into, well, maybe these other guys, these new guys, maybe they got a point. Maybe they should take care of Gotham. And I'm not against that. I do think we've seen it maybe a lot recently because that's the whole thing about you know, Gotham and Gotham Girl at the first part of Tom King's run. And of course, Flashpoint Batman was like, Batman, you don't have what it takes. You're just a boy. I'm a man. And then Tom King's like, no, Batman's a man too. He punches you. So, and I'm James Tynan was all about Batman had that line. I will become a better Batman. He wants to evolve. He wants to develop new techniques and new ways to deal with new problems. So, I think there is this this feeling at DC that how do you take this 85-year-old character and how do you make him deal with new threats? And in my opinion, this has always been what Batman did. I mean, in the 70s when Denny O'Neill was writing, Batman was updated so that he was, you know, facing a world torn apart by Vietnam and the various political movements at the time. Batman's always questioned, been questioning what's going on and people are questioning him and what he means and how can he make things better. So... The fact that that's been done before isn't a bad thing to me. I think that's an interesting take, and I'm very curious to see what this confrontation between Batman and the Orgums will look like. Um, but it is very mysterious, and it feels like this is going pretty slow for a four-issue arc. We're halfway through it, and I think we don't really see what's going on yet, you know? Yeah, that's what's striking me the most, is that, again, having a passive or maybe a reacting Batman, again, not a bad thing, but this is the second issue, and nothing really moved forward this issue. I don't know. It's just, I don't know how they're going to wrap this up. <laughs> we'll have to see. Let's move on to our uh, our backup, unless someone has another point. Do we have to? Story 2. The Corda. Written by Cyspiria, with art by Donnie. Jim Gordon continues to try to reason with the person he met last issue, but Jim quickly realizes he's been used. Laser sights have been closing in on the kid. As Gordon jumps to push the kid out of the way, he's hit by a tranquilizer dart. Cops and riot gear rush in. Jim awakens to find himself outside. The goons who attacked him and the guy are unclothed and unconscious around him. Could one person be responsible for this? After calling in the favor to Harvey Bullock, Jim realizes it's Jim Jr.'s birthday. He visits the cemetery, where he meets up with the kid from the destroyed asylum. There's no comfort in their conversation, and the boy leaves, leaving Jim Gordon with as many unanswered questions as before. Jim does, however, find a few things when he makes it to Harvey Bullock's PI office. He finds out that Bullock had met with Annie Redding about her missing son as well. With this information in Bullock's files, the former police commissioner finds himself looking at the mom sitting alone outside of a shelter. A police car pulls up. The passenger door opens to reveal Jonas Redding has been found. 
Detective Yorkwan, the cop from last issue, walks the two inside the shelter, where he immediately shuts the door and padlocks the family in. A demolition notice is placed on the door. I'm so glad you read through that, because I honestly had no idea what had happened. I was like, I don't understand because the story sucks. Any of the sequence of events. I read that, and I don't understand what happened either. <laughs> I understand what happened. Sisebury is trying to be like, ooh, there's like this mystical underground of rebels and also ACAB. So, ugh, I really don't like Spurrier, and I apologize for his fans. I know he has a lot of fans, and I do think he's talented, but I do not like him. And this is why, because I think that his attitudes are really obnoxious and not particularly well th- thought through. And his grasp on Jim's character is awful. <laughs> <sighs> and this um, story was awful. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what else I can say about this that I didn't put in my in my review. I mean, the art is bad. The story is bad. I mean. I don't even know why they tied it to Joker. I mean, well, so I have an opinion. I have a thought on that. I think they listened to our podcast and I think they (laughs) thought, crap, Ian's right. And then they just added that to make sure that Ian was happy. (laughs) Well, I do appreciate that this isn't going to be where he ends up because Joker number 15 was a great little ending. Obviously, not an ending to the character, but an ending to where Jim was. And this is a regression. So. And it turns out it technically is a regression because it happens before the end of Joker. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, again, it, it, saying that it, it this happens before Joker fifteen, but given zero context, just just makes it. I mean, I just don't. I'm just happy it ends next next issue. Yes, please. <laughs> I think the best thing we could say about this is that. It's not an entire issue. <laughs> and, yes, and, 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 you know, granted, this, I will stick to my guns, as I always say, and this affected my overall rating. Yeah. I, I, it's just bad. I, I, I don't get it. That's just, so, I mean, during, during Tynan's run and during Williamson's run, the backup stories were dumb. You didn't get them. And then Tamaki's run, they were pretty wonderful until you got to the end. Now <laughs> we get uh, Sadowski on Batman, and the backup stories are absolutely wonderful again. And now we're on the tech side. They're absolutely crap. And I don't know why DC continues to do this to us. Very inconsistent. Yeah. It, it really feels like sometimes, like, a writer comes in like Zdarsky and he's got this pitch and his pitch is clearly full of energy and creativity. And then sometimes it's like, and we had this pitch that no one really cared about. So we're using it as a backup, you know, or an urban legend story. <clears throat> I just don't get it. DC. I mean, I could do another letter to Marie Jollins, but I need to see if the outside of one work first. Maybe I need to do a rant next time. All right, so let's do our rating. How many out of five Phantom of the Two-Face masks would you give Detective Comics 1063? Oh, gosh, you guys. I was just thinking like two, two and a half. I don't know. Two. Honestly, 
Like the story itself doesn't suck. And I'm sure that it appeals to certain people, but nothing's happening. The bad guys haven't done too much more than the last issue. Batman's not doing anything but having a mental breakdown for no reason. And the backup sucks too, too. That's my opinion too. That's fair. For me, I enjoyed the first story enough and, and, and it took two readings for me to get a better grasp of it. And if it was by itself, now again, I gave it a three and a half on the site. It's more, it's more of a three, seven, five. If I'm allowed to have quarters instead of half. And if it wasn't, and if, and if I include this, Back up. It really knocked it down to a. I knocked it. I gave it a three and a half. When it really should have been a four for me, but I just four. Again, again, I'm only allowed to do half. So I'm doing three to five for the episode. If that's okay. Good. All right. That was a lot of I, different numbers. I kept having to change it, but yes. 325. 325. Um, I'm going with a three because I am a huge fan of what Raphael Albuquerque is doing on art. I think it looks just really good. Um, and I like the feelings that Ram V is creating in me. I agree with your criticisms. I don't really understand what's going on. Um, I'm hoping that the ending will make it all fall together. But again, I also am like, there's only two issues left. How do you make, the, how, how do you fall, how does it all fall together with just two issues left? But I know this is the first part of a big story, but I think, I feel like Ark should have endings, you know? You shouldn't just be like a cliffhanger, like a Netflix episode. Like, you should have an Ark be an Ark. Um, and I am. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I, do, I do have hope for the story. Again, I don't hate it. I'm just not enjoying what I'm getting, but it could be that as a whole, it'll be one comprehensive, great story. So I'm not, like, saying, boo-hoo, this story sucks. It's just the way it's being told, I'm waiting I'm for the end. <laughs> boo-hoo, the backup sucks. You yeah, say that. I think yeah, we're all on board with that. Yeah, the backup. Um, but, like... I um, I 100% agree. The the backup really does bring the score down for me. It it really makes the book less valuable to me. Um, so, yep, three. That brings our uh, average score to a two seven five. So, not where we wanted this run to be because I think we're all still very much on board with Ram V is a great writer and he can pull out of this. But this is where we are on the book, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you drop Sysperio, you'll get better scores. Until oh, then. Certainly. Unless you put Castellucci on backups. You had to mention that. <laughs> she's in the Harley Quinn special. I looked at the, the table of contents. I'm like, oh gosh, she's still doing it? Oh, why? Your okay. favorite. <laughs> Whether you are a first-time TBU Comics podcast listener... A 13-year veteran, or anything in between. We'd love to hear what you think about this episode or any of the comics we discussed. Send emails to tbu at thebatmanuniverse.net. Join our Discord server linked at thebatmanuniverse.net. Send us a tweet at tbu underscore comics. Or, if you're a patron, 
leave us a comment on our Patreon page. We'd also love it if you left us a review on iTunes. We'd love to read your comments on the next episode of the Batman Universe Comics Podcast. Batman may claim he works alone, but we know that he needs the Bat Family. Join the TVU Bat Family and let us know what you think. All right, let's talk about some Greater Gotham. Um, speaking of Harley Quinn, Harley Quinn number 21 and the annual wrapping up the end of this uh, Task Force XX. I skipped them. I am on vacation and I didn't want to take away time with my family to read something that I wasn't enjoying. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm assuming that you abstained. Of course. Okay, totally fair. Um, I read it because I, I have liked this run. I have said this before. The actual main story ended up really terribly. It was very disappointing. It was... Um, it wasn't a Harley story. It ended up being a Killer Frost story. Uh, Luke Fox was not well handled, and this really sucks because I love Luke Fox, and I'm really tired of him being poorly handled. I feel like Future State really screwed Luke Fox over, and I'm very upset with this because I think Luke Fox is way cooler than Jace Fox. But the second half of the annual, so the annual actually had two stories. second half of the annual brought Kevin back, and like Kevin Harley interacting, they go to Vegas, and it was actually fun. Like, oh. that actually gets me much more excited about the next story arc, because it's going to be Kevin and Harley. And that's been where the series has really shined. Like, yeah. this this Task Force XX, it, it feels underbaked. It feels like they're like, Stephanie Phillips, we're going to do a weekly event for Harley's 30th anniversary. So you got to write, you know five months worth of comics all at once. And I think that that really kind of shows. I think it was too rushed and not as thoughtful as the rest of the book has been. And I'm hoping that it now it goes back to, to monthly. It'll be thoughtful again. Cause I, I really do like the, the Kevin and Harley cause that's actual yeah. redemption story. Yeah. I might go back there and read the last half of the annual. Yeah, just I, read yeah, the last I like half. Kevin. I like Kevin. <laughs> All right. So that's a, it's a thumbs down except for the last half of the, the annual, which is a thumbs up. Um, Batman white Knight presents red hood. Number two. Thumbs up. That was that was good. I like that story. Thumbs up for me too. I, I like the interaction between Jason and is, is it gone? That, that uh, uh, yeah, I think gone is how I was saying it in my head, but I'm not I'm sure. Right. So I'm saying it in my head. And I actually now I'm looking forward to seeing because it sounds like she's gonna be joining Jason. Yeah, it sounds like this kind of leads side. directly into yeah. the next and that's the cool. Next I think that's cool. Yeah. Um, I didn't really like the first issue, which is why it took me so long to read this issue. But I, when I read it, I was like, wow, this actually, there's a lot of good emotion. And I like the art better. Like Simone de Mayo is much better on covers than interiors, I think. So this was a different artist. Um, so yeah, thumbs up for me. Um, task force Z number 11. <laughs> I officially gave up trying to understand this story. I, I realized halfway through, I was like, I don't know what Jason's motivation has been. For the entire run. <laughs> like, what is he doing here? And I think by the end of this issue, he's like, what am I doing here? <laughs> so thumbs up, but only because I th the story's still entertaining, but I literally don't know who is doing what and why. I'm so just there for the ride. I take it you, you like White Knight Jason better than Test Force Z Jason. Sports and Jason's too big and too butch. <laughs> And he's too stupid. But I still like him. I don't know. 
He's fine. He's fine. It's Jason. He's fine. Mm, what are you rating this, Theo? <laughs> I haven't mm, read this yeah. at all. Oh, okay. Yeah. I've, I've, I've abstained the entire series. Mm-hmm. Totally fair. Uh, I'm giving this a first thumbs down. I really didn't enjoy this issue. I don't like how complex and confusing it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's a bummer. I, I didn't enjoy this issue. Yeah. Uh, Maybe I'll change mine to a neutral. Yeah, it was like, meh, I don't... What? <laughs> Speaking of Red Hood, though, um, a new webtoon just dropped. Uh, Red Hood Outlaws. Uh, there are about five episodes for free and a couple behind the paywall uh anyone checked it out i checked it out. no i haven't i haven't read past the first one last time we talked about it i just i've i've been busy this month so webtoons have taken a backseat that is okay yeah i haven't read it either so engineers well i think it's awesome and it kicks uh task force z's butt out of the water so (laughs) and it's free Totally legally free. So if you guys want some good Jason Todd and Artemis and Bizarro content, pretty solid art and really fun story and good characterization, that's the one I would recommend, not Task Force C. And it's free and it's officially DC sanctioned. Like it's a team up with Webtoon. So it's completely yes, to be, supporting the industry. To be clear, it is, not, um, it is not in the same continuity. It's its own continuity, but yeah. it is very good. Although I do hope they pick up on some of the events that occurred in continuity, i.e. Jason and Artemis kissing in the tree. I mean, I think that's definitely going to be a, a part of the characterization. That's how I'm yeah. reading them, certainly. Because even though, and again, I've only read the first one, but even though it's not technically within DC continuity, like the Wayne Family Adventures, they pull from all the different histories, all the different types of that character and create like an amalgamation that you love. Exactly. And this combination of the team was my favorite. Like I read a oh, little yeah, bit for of sure. Sp- Speedy and um, Firefox or whatever Star-far, her name is. Starfire. <laughs> Starfire. <laughs> and I was Firefox. like, oh, what mean. is this web browser? Um, speaking of webtoons, before we go to the next, have they announced the release of season two? They of- have not announced it, but I talked on Twitter to the, one of the producers at webtoons who also did a lot of storyboarding for season one. And she says that she's not working on season two, but people are working on it. So it is happening. We just um, don't know when, I mean, the thing, the the thing has 5 million views. They are going to make more of it. (laughs) It makes sense. All right. Uh, Batman Fortress number four. Steph and I did not read this, so Theo, you got to give your rating. It is a neutral, but it's neutral trending up only because of Detective Chimp. Okay. Okay. Saved by the Bell Rev. This is DC's summer holiday special. Who cares? It sucks. Thumbs down. No, thumbs down, y'all. I had such high hopes for this book. (laughs) And to be fair, okay, maybe not thumbs down. Definitely a good, well-earned, solid neutral. (laughs) Like, the the map story was really cute, but it's definitely the beginning of a story, so it ends really unsatisfactorily. The task force, the Suicide Squad one was fine, 
I'm glad they told it in flashbacks because I not I don't know I wouldn't have wanted to read, read that in real time. You read the it. Super Sun story was so preachy and just <laughs> it, I was so disappointed. It and, didn't seem like Tomasi wrote it. It, it didn't. Really it didn't feel the same. And I say this as it, someone it, who's not a fan. Yeah, didn't. It did not feel like Tomasi wrote it at all. No, it was very like. Oh, it's like the it's like this. No, not Speedy. Who's Ollie's son? Oh, my 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 word Connor. is a junkie. Con, yeah, the uh, Connor Hawk. It was kind of like the Connor Hawk story in the Pride Special. It was very like definition heavy. <laughs> yeah, it was sort of like here is idea one, and then they hammer it home for like two pages, and here's idea two, and hammer it home for two pages, and it's only eight pages long. So, yeah. And the Speedy story, I actually kind of like that one. I actually really like that one. As an adoptive parent, I really appreciated the, the Speedy story. But it wasn't, again, it wasn't, it wasn't. And then the cartoon one was so stupid. The cartoon one was so dumb. I don't even know what that was. The anyway. cartoon one is part of a series they uh, released for preschoolers. Uh, so it's like that team did a whole, like, 50-issue run of that kind oh of thing. Oh, my gosh, really? Oh, it's horrible. I have no idea why they felt they needed to put that in a in a yeah. book. It has fans. Yeah. I didn't hate it, but it was definitely like, what are you doing right what? next to the Azrael story? Yeah, it just sticks out there. I mean, if if there would if there were other all ages stories, fine. But I didn't even think it was an all age story. Like there was some stuff in there. I was like, this is for kids. Oh no, no, it's not. <laughs> The Jefferson story was okay. No, it was okay. It was not okay. It wasn't a story. It made me like Jefferson more. I like Jefferson more now. I mean, not that I didn't like him before, but I like him more. But yeah, it was not a great story. It was, and, and, and I say that as a huge Brandon Thomas fan, this is probably one of the weakest stories I've read by him in quite a while. I get it. It wasn't even a story. It 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 wasn't bad, but it, it it wasn't Brandon Thomas. I don't know. Most of these stories just seem like it was somebody else's voice and and not the person whose name is listed as the writer. The Azrael yeah, story was fine. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I like the Azrael story. I I probably would go neutral trending up for this one because I think on whole I liked more of them, but it's definitely not a thumbs up because some of the the stories that are bad are really bad and none of them are great. No. Like the Azrael story is fine. It's, I mean, mean, again, it it really humanized Azrael. I like that. But in a storybook, in a book that was all about like school life. Summer adventures. It's so dark. It's It's so so dark. (laughs) This is like. Catholic school on steroids. It was ridiculous. So many steroids. And then, and then the Babs dick story was... It was very forgettable. As someone who spent eight years of his life in a Catholic school, had life been like that for me, I might have changed religion. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. No, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, it's it's like a hellhole in that story. For your mind. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, as a whole, I just I can't get with this. I can't get with it. It's just yeah. not. I can't. No, you should. <laughs> All right, so let us do our last <laughs> story, which hopefully will land us on a positive note because it's Robin number seventeen. Now is this is this 
Williamson's last yes, story? Yeah, this is Williamson's last, and it leads directly into Batman versus Robin next month. Well, technically uh, this month, September. I mean, I guess thumbs up, but it really ended on a fizzle. The sto- s- wrapping up the story things like <clears throat> Connor was supposed to stay with him on the island, and by the end, he's leaving. Lord Deathman was hilarious. I loved Lord Deathman. He was the best part of this whole issue. <laughs> <laughs> that kiss, bro, that kiss. It, so it it seemed like a better kiss than th- the last issue because the last issue it seemed like uh, Homegirl face was halfway down his mouth, but it, it, it wasn't that way this issue. So it was a much simpler kiss this time around. And I think I just made Steph throw up some. No, it's fine. It's, I mean, she's kissing his teeth, which is just weird. Um, and then, I don't know, the thing with Flatline was just awkward and weird, but I guess dating when you're 14 is awkward and weird anyway, so that's fine. Although, usually you don't date a killer who lied. Who, ki- about who killed you. Who killed you. <laughs> but, you know, whatever. So that's ended a bit on a sour note. So I don't know. I didn't like the way things ended, but the issue itself was fun. It's an odd combination. After listening to this, I'm, I'm kind of leaning neutral. I mean, mm-hmm. it was a thumbs up, but it was a weak thumbs up, you know, because mm-hmm. like yeah. you, I was not crazy about how it ended. And, you know, the fact that the issue before, you know, Kana and Damien, they're building this island community for people like them. And the next thing you know, Damien and his girlfriend are splitting up again, which I'm okay with, especially if my girl Maya makes her way onto the pages sometime soon. Kana's gone. There's no mention of the rest of the folks that were staying on the island and who's going to watch them while Damien does whatever happens in the epilogue which at one page it's just a bunch of i don't know i guess it was just placed there so that they can get the page count where it normally is because it revealed absolutely nothing um oh, i but, think that's the actual pages from batman and superman from the one and only story that had anything to do with the batman versus robin crossover Whatever I meant. And as someone that's not reading it, I will take your word for it. <laughs> but yeah, it it's it's a neutral for me. And I think this is the first time I've ever gave Robin a neutral. Yeah. It's a thumbs up for me, but as you guys are saying, it's a weaker ending than I think anyone would have liked. It doesn't it's only a two issue arc, so it can't really build to anything. And there was so much potential in this series. There, mm-hmm. This new status quo for Damien was fantastic, and it feels like it's sort of getting hijacked by this different story idea that they're pushing um, damn you <laughs> we'll see if it's good that's all we can do we can just wait and see but i still think it was a good series uh good ending um even if a little weak um and it was a great series and, and we've gotten that a lot as of late tamaki's run ended i mean yeah. Williamson's run was actually the only one that ended better than it started but because well, it started at the bottom of the trash pile <laughs> You know, JT's run was kind of, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what, this notion that runs got to end to, you know, hype up the next person coming, it's just, it's not right for the creator who's done an awesome job. I mean, JT did a great job on Batman. Tamaki did an absolutely stellar run on Detective 
including shadows and then it fizzled, you know, because they decided, hey, yeah, we're changing things on Batman's side. We might as well change it on Detective as well. I see no reason that she needed to leave, but it is what it is, and it ended with a fizzle, and I absolutely hate it for as good as it was. But it's becoming a pattern, DC. Well, and, and the uh, really, the really frustrating thing is, if you want Ram V to have a Batman book, you could just give him like Legends of the Dark Knight or Shadows of the Bat. Like there are title or Gotham Knights. There are titles you could give him. Or turn oh. Urban Legends into a Hello. <laughs> or Hello. cancel Urban Legends and make it into the Ram V book. This just uh, DC DC editorial can't get out of their own way. I just don't get it. All right. So that brings us to our end. Shorter, shorter run, just because that's how it goes sometimes. I want to uh, thank our Bat fans who support at a certain level on the Patreon. Again, if you go to our support page on the website, uh, thebatmanuniverse.net, and then there's a support page, there's tons of cool things that you can click through, and um, it doesn't change the price for you, but some of the proceeds are going to our site for server hosts and that kind of cost. But these people I'm going to read the list of have all supported us at a certain level on Patreon, and so we want to honor them and thank them. So thank you to Lisa Slack, Ian Miller, Gerald Green, Joshua Lappin-Bertoni, Rob O, Tim Garassi, Robert Lewis, Seventy Mounts, Donovan Morgan Grant, Stanton's Grave, Donald Townsend, Ed Grouse, Captain America, Mary Garrett, Austin Davis, Johnny McCloskey, Cesar Diaz, Jessica Morales, and David Richards. Thank you all for supporting us. Thank you for listening. That brings us to our end. Next time, um, we're going to get back to the Zdarsky run, and I'm very excited about that. A lot of really cool comics coming forward, so tune in next time. And until then, I've been Ian. This is Steph. And this is Theo. And this has been the Batman Universe Comic Podcast.